All right. Well, good evening and welcome to Lost in the Long Box. I was just noticing that as our theme song is playing, Thomas is over here bobbing his head. I'm waiting for the day his headphones go flying off and you just hear this loud thunk in the <laughs> middle of the song. All right. So I am Randall. I got my two hosts with me today. Thomas. I'm the madman. Hello. How's you guys going? Going good, man. Right. Going good. So before we get down to the, the down and the dirty, how was everybody's weekend? Anything noteworthy happened for either of you? I've been busy, bro. I've been busy. All right. As Madman knocks the mic over, <laughs> and Thomas is trying to adjust his head to catch it. Yeah, that's that's. My I fault. wish I, I had that on video. <laughs> it's teamwork, y'all. It's teamwork. All right. So nothing really big happened for me. I uh, want to do take a quick moment here. Thank a couple of the listeners that we picked up uh, over the weekend. Uh, Rich C., Chris A., John P., you guys know who you are. I saw you uh, liked our Facebook page, so thank you for that. By the way, any of you other listeners out there that want to just uh, hear your name read on the air or on the podcast, you know how to do it, right? You go to Facebook, Lost in the Long Books, like the page, or you drop us an email at lostinthelongbooks at gmail.com, and we'll give you the shout-out, and thank you for being there. But even if I didn't mention your name, thank you for subscribing and listening. We do appreciate it. We do this as a labor of love, so yeah. not any money being made, at least not yet until I start hitting you guys up. So, <laughs> start ransacking your pockets. Right, exactly. So before we get into tonight's subject, and it is a beauty. In fact, we will probably break people in the room, let alone listeners. I'm ready for it. You are ready. Uh, let's hit a couple of the big news items that happened out in the comic industry uh, the last week. Don't know if you guys heard or read, but Netflix has canceled Iron Fist. Probably best move they've made all yeah, year. Yeah, good call. <laughs> Considering how I haven't watched it at all, I'm you know, not really upset about it. So. I, I haven't watched it, and reports are as it was the weakest of the four shows. Yes, yes it was. So um, I guess if you actually did like the show, the good news is they have announced that he is still going to appear in some of the newer Marvel shows. Which I also don't get how that's going to happen since Marvel pretty much told Netflix... We're not licensing out any more of our characters now. We're going to do them all. So that means the four shows they had were it, and now they're down to three. So, Yeah, and there was talk that uh, he's going to be showing back up on the, the Disney streaming service when they come out, maybe for season three. I was reading that somewhere. So they're not bailing on it completely. Yeah, it seems like they're probably going to try to, to bring back his series there. This, at least that's the rumor. I mean, I don't know. Well, I think they screwed up by not pairing him up with Luke Cage, period. Right. We needed to get a Heroes for Hire. Yeah. Hire. I agree. I agree. Yeah, the second season of Luke Cage, when I saw that and he only showed up in one episode, I was like, yeah, yeah that was expecting more. For a pot joke, you know. Right. Well, they're forgetting that their core audience are comic book readers, and one of the most popular Marvel series of the 70s was Luke Cage, Power Man, Heroes for Hire. Thomas seems to be having some technological differences. Difficulties? <laughs> I think we're okay now. All right. All right. That, that was out of uh, idiocracy for those of you who didn't catch that. Oh. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah. Uh, other than the big news, Venom is taking the top spot at the movies for a second week in a row. How about that? The, the little movie that could is what we should start, <laughs> start labeling that thing. Yeah, who would have thought that? Right. If you guys didn't hear last week, we went um, and viewed that because we felt obligated because of the podcast. Was expecting it to be a train wreck and all came out to theater going, well, shit, I liked it. <laughs> yeah, we put it over, so... So, yeah, from what I understand, it is now at $244 million worldwide, and I think they lowballed budget on that. So I think yeah. it's, it's made enough money that Hardy has signed on for three, so at least two more. Oh, so. boy. 
So I'm pretty certain we're going to get carnage in at least the second episode. All right. Um, the other big news, which I'm sure is a bit of a head-scratcher, Brie Larson, who's going to be in the upcame, upcoming Captain Marvel, has announced that, no, she did not sign a seven-picture deal with Marvel Studios, which is kind of really odd because everybody else, when they filmed their movie, they got their signature on paper as fast as they could. Before the ticket stub ink had even dried on the first movie, they were signing them to a contract. Wow. I can only assume that's because they want to see if the movie does good before they commit her to any more, or else they're taking it picture-by-picture picture deal. It could be smart for her, too. You know, She doesn't want to get locked in and find out that, bam, it, it blows up, and then she doesn't get the money that's coming to her for it. You know, Right. She doesn't want so to— this, this could be a good move by her. You know, This could be on, on her end, saying, no, I want to see what happens you know, so I can get the amount of well, money I deserve. It's a good move by her agent who said, yeah, don't, don't the, be RDG and yeah, RDJ and Chris Evans who signed a picture contract and then the movie's made three times what they expected to and you only got you know a fourth of that. Right. This could be a shrewd move by her and her agent. Only time will tell. Um, also, they're filming Spider-Man, not Homecoming. You, wow. I just It's on the tip of my tongue. I know. It's right there and now I've done dropped it. What is this stupid movie? Anyhow. It's the, the one that's going to have Mysterio in it. Right. The the follow-up to the Spider-Man Homecoming, there was some behind-the-scenes footage, um, video shot, that revealed the costume for the new movie. It went, They went more of the red and black version on this. In fact, I think the front of it, the spider is black. So it's kind of like they went, I don't know how to explain it, maybe half Venom on it. It looks okay. My problem with it is the same problem from the homecoming one in that the spider is like maybe only two inches long, you know, on the front of the costume. And it needs to be big. And it's, it's just a little itty-bitty plastic thing on his it's chest. It's varied in size over, from different from artist to artist over the years, though. Right. But literally, when you look at it, it's like this little two-inch symbol, you know, right on his sternum. And then this whole empty pattern on the rest of his chest. And it's like, okay, this is like Marvel's one of his number one characters and you can't give it a bigger lo logo than that right i think they're just running out of costume variations when it comes to spider-man oh that, that could be so anyway if you didn't see that that's out there there's a little short video i would go out there and snag it while you can sony may have yanked it down already because it's definitely okay. got the look of being shot from the street from someone's phone another mm. thing too with the dc universe app out there and their service don't know if anybody here bothered to watch it or if you're going to or maybe the listeners out there didn't realize it aired but the first episode of titans premiered this week oh it did yes it did i'm behind man i've yeah. been too busy by the way guys i do have to apologize to our listeners i think a couple of weeks ago i said that was going to be on netflix because i'd seen a trailer for it with a nice netflix logo emblazoned across the back of it turns out that's actually for the foreign market so outside of the u.s and china Inside the U.S. is still going to be on DC Universe. So, where DC Universe? It's their streaming service. Oh, great. Um, they well, I'll give them their props. They are a step up from the Marvel Unlimited. The Marvel Unlimited is literally just their comic books. Right. DC Universe is obviously going to be their comic library, which I myself care for. It's, right. I'm pretty stoked about that, and it's going to be original programming. But, and this is the one that should really sell it for a lot of people. They're airing a bunch of their classic and original stuff. So the old Christopher Reeve Superman shows are going to be on it. The Linda Carter Wonder Woman series is going to be on there. I think they're even going to be airing the Batman animated series. That kind of makes it work worth it. That yeah. So I mean, especially if you're doing like all their like um, their movies, uh, animated movies. Yes, because those are actually pretty good. Oh yes. By by the way, if you guys have not seen 
any of those animated shows, Batman animated series or Superman animated series, and especially Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, oh, yeah. you need to go back and watch those. It's, yeah. You can say whatever you want about the DC Extended Universe and the movies. But that's one thing they've done well. But their cartoons just blow Marvel stuff out the water. Oh, yeah. And you I remember, I'm thinking back to those old X-Men, like uh, Spider-Man and Friends. Right. And I'm just like, oh man, this is so horrible in comparison to like what you know, Justice League and Batman the animated series. Oh come on, Spider Man and his amazing friends were great. I, it's no, not like I was, that was dude. Great. Trust me, I I know where you're coming from because I saw that in the '90s when it came out, and I said, okay, this is cool. You know, Spider Man and, and, and X Men and, and some hero heroine they created for. It. But I'm telling you, the Justice League and the Justice League Unlimited just blow those out the way. In fact, my intern in the back here, have you seen the two cartoons? Shake your head, just nod. And were they not spectacular? Yes, yeah, he's yeah, nodding. The, the intern's nodding. We're yes, not those lying. are really good. So, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, there is an intern back there working the soundboard. We didn't make him up. <laughs> <laughs> We're just talking to ourselves. Right. But, uh, yeah, the, uh, I mean, I, I sat through the electric company oh just to see Spider Man. Right. I would watch the entire show just to see the Spider-Man bit. And it was, what was it, like a minute, minute oh, two yeah. or two for a Spider-Man bit? And I'm just, I sat through the entire show. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say that Spider-Man and his amazing friends wasn't very good in comparison to what, like, DC has done over the years. But it's not like I'm not watching it. It was, for the time it came out, it was really good. And it was worlds better than that Fantastic Four cartoon where they substituted a human torch for Herbie, Herbie oh the Robot. God, dude. <laughs> I don't think I ever saw that one. So. You oh, didn't miss much. Sounds that way. <laughs> when I had more money than sense, I bought like the complete collection of that. And I wanted to throw it in the trash. <laughs> it was so bad. The, there's rumors as to why we didn't get the human torch. One of the big ones is that they were afraid that kids were going to try to emulate human torch and would light themselves on fire and throw themselves on the roof. And Did I'm you like, say emulate? Yes, that too. <laughs> nice catch. But I think, you know what? If any kid's going to light himself on fire and throw himself from the roof, you know what? That's just thinning out to gene pool. Go for I it. I guess. Culling the herd. <laughs> right. But I think what actually the reason was is Marvel has some other licensing tied up on Human Torch and couldn't use them in the FF cartoon, which uh. is why we got Herbie. I love what, the way they explained it in the actual pages of Fantastic Four was that Johnny Storm was out of town the day the contracts had to be signed. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. So what's the other noteworthy news? If you're a fan of those CW superhero shows like Fa Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl, which I will fully yes, admit I, I watch am. all yeah. of them religiously in <laughs> Legends of Tomorrow. And I posted this on our Facebook page, by the way, guys, so you can jump out there and see it before I get uh, cease and desist from CW. Apparently, they are now filming the annual crossover between Flash, Arrow, and Supergirl. And there is a first shot of Superman in the black costume. So I don't know what to do on there. black costume? Yes. Um, go to the Lost in the Long Books. You got the laptop there, Madman. Oh, I, oh, I got to go, huh? But, so there's a... I can't remember the, the actor's name. Tyler Holshen, I think, or whatever. Tyler, if you're out there and I mispronounce your name, Lost in the Long Box at gmail.com. Email me, slap me across the head, and I'll fix it. But yes, it, there is a, a picture of him in the black Superman costume with the silver S. So obviously they're going somewhere dark and maybe with a bit in the crisis storyline. Yeah, they're supposed to be doing Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover is this year, season. Is that what? They, they did that last season. They did it last season. Yes. Okay. Which was really good. Especially the scene when they're all sparring against Supergirl to hone up and she kicks all their asses. <laughs> yeah, because I actually don't watch the um, Arrow or the 
Legends of Tomorrow parts. I, I do I do like The Flash. Ooh. I do like Supergirl. But... Gotta watch Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, you gotta watch. You have to watch Legends of You have to watch that just for White Canary. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I've been told that it's really good. I, I started watching it and, and for first season, just could not get into it. And but. I've told you before. And you've told me. You've got to get past the first season. All right, so that's the news for the week and everything that uh, happened that was a little bit noteworthy that you guys might have missed out there. We're going to get into our subject for the evening, but before we do that, just want to let you know, if you're looking for any new comics or trade paperbacks, hardcover um, collections, or you're looking for any collector toys or new toys, you want to go check out Gateway Comics and Toys um, at 2368 Plank Road right here in the Fredericksburg area. If you are local to Lost in a Long Box, let Ed know that Lost in a Long Box sent you. He'll be happy to help you out and show you what he's got there. What's up, Ed? And I think uh, Madman's got an announcement he wants to make, too, for one of our buddies. Yeah, we we have a paid ad. I have no choice in reading about reading this but I, I can tell you're hurt by that yeah it so here we go hey podcast listener i hope you're enjoying your podcast so far but once you're done perhaps you'd be interested in listening to a good podcast wow like shock monkey radio hosted by the madman lowercase at 6 p.m eastern on fxbgpublicradio.com you can also subscribe share comment and rate the show on your favorite podcast app and that that goes for ours as well. For Lost in the Long Box, you can rate it. <laughs> uh, also, get... Yeah. Also, be, be sure to go to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio to become a patron, and maybe one day the Madman will post pasty white nude pics for you patrons. Just one more lie in a web of lies. Just like the Madman's book under the pen name Scott L. Robbins with two T's and two B's found on amazon.com for digital download. Also, check out his merch over on teespring.com slash fxbgpublicradio3 and teespring.com slash shock-monkey-radio. And you should find his merch. Uh, the same is true for his YouTube channel. Search for FXBG Public Radio or The Madman Lowercase. In closing, the madman is a very attractive and intelligent man that will charm you with his silky and sultry voice, an eclectic, elitist, and esoteric voice. Thanks for listening to fxbgpublicradio.com. So, did you write that yes, copy? Yes, I, yes, I wrote it. And and so you're going to sit there and build up. And don't get me wrong. Oh, I get, I'm making I get, every show I, say that. I give you, I give you props. For, I'm making every show say that because <laughs> I just noticed you couldn't help but. You know, you want to listen to a good podcast? Yeah, listen to mine. Com- when you're actually on the other podcast. <laughs> okay. I, I'm making everybody read that. I'm bringing 50 freaking dollars in here next week. <laughs> there you go. Let's get us all. all now you all get it. <laughs> I'm going to advertise the living hell out of this thing. All right. So now that we've got the paid bills, as they say, out the way, we need a cash register sound so that we can always go paid bills and then ching ching. All right. Now comes the moment. Where we are going to break you, listeners. We will probably break people in this room. I told you last week, (laughs) if you listened to any episode of Lost in the Long Box, this was the one. Our subject for tonight is going to be books you all need to calm the hell down on. And what do we mean by that? There are several comics out there that are hot, that are considered collectible, and everybody wants them. And quite frankly, we don't know why. Because they are not deserving of the status that all the collectors are throwing upon them. <laughs> and to give you an example, we're going to lead off with Thomas with the number one book that he hates the most. Thomas, what is that book that's overrated? 
Well, one of the first ones on my list would have to be Werewolf by Night 32, the first appearance of Moon Knight. Back up. You're starting with that one? I'm going to start with that you're, one. You're saving the big one for last, I'm going right? to save the big okay. one for last. Okay. We're going to go with this one first. Well, yeah. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get to that one. But right now in the Overstreet Price Guide, a 9.2 copy of Werewolf by Night 32 is going for $1,300. By contrast, a giant size X-Men 1, also a 9.2, is $1,700. You really can't tell me that Moon Knight is almost as important as Giant Size X-Men 1. There's no way. Well, I will, I'll say this. While I do get the point that dollar-wise, it doesn't warrant $1,300, but I'll guarantee you in another two or three years when Moon Knight shows up on Freeform or Netflix or in one of the Marvel movies, that price is going to double. Yeah, but it, it's Moon Knight. And then it'll be warranted. Yeah, but it's Moon Knight. It's Moon Knight. He's, he's a B-lister. He's Marvel's Batman. Can no. I, can I say no, that? No, he's not. He, he, <laughs> he's not. He's a B-list character. That comparison is so ridiculous. <laughs> it, it is. He, he's a B-list character. At best. That pushing C-list. He's on like yeah, Kathy I, Griffin. Wow. Okay, I don't know that. if I'd go that far, but okay. Kathy Griffin wow. of Marvel. The Somewhere, Kathy Griffin, Kathy Griffin, Griffin just set up and went, ow! Stab <laughs> me! Wow. Okay, I, I wasn't oh, going to okay. go that far, but yeah. All right, then, moving Ooh. on. Madman, what, uh, <laughs> what overrated book do you want to throw out there? Uh, I want to talk about Superman number 75. You do that. And I'll, and I'll add a comment as you are. After actually, <clears throat> so you go ahead and talk about Superman seventy five, and then I will add some comments at the end of that. There we go. I, I have when I when I got these copies of Superman number seventy five, I, I bought one bagged and one uh, newsstand edition because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wanted to read it. And I read it, and it's like there's like four pages in that comic book. Well, know? because every single page was is a full like, splash panel. was a full splash panel, and I was just like. This isn't good. The only thing good in it is that Superman, quote unquote, died. Right. You know? And even back then, everybody who read comic books up to that point knew it's like, this isn't permanent. But then people lost their minds. It's like, Superman got killed. I'm not going to lie. I thought I was going to get rich off of it. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. And look where you are now, Thomas. That's right. Keeping company with us. (laughs) Still not rich with the Superman 75 copy. So I mean, I just people were losing their minds. They thought that uh, uh, they were talk. The buzz about it was like they thought that, uh, you know, that Superman was Christopher Reeve. They like you killed Christopher Reeve, and it was just like you know, it's different than Christopher Reeve. It's more than Christopher Reeve, right? You know, it's like it's it's kind of like how when uh, Robin got killed, you know, people thought it was the the lovable guy from the animated series. Oh right, series. they thought it was a Dick Grayson. Yeah. One. And Dick Grayson's not a dick. He's a real nice guy. He's he's over his Nightwing now. And the Jason Todd that got killed is like everybody wanted him to die. Yeah, he was a punk. Everyone hated him. I yeah. think I was so happy when that last. And here's came the funny out. thing about Superman seventy five. What you said about each page being a full splash panel. Yeah. If you remember, leading up to that, every issue before that was a higher number of panels until the, that one. So. Case yeah. in point, like Men of Steel 19 had six panels per page. And then Avengers of Superman 498 went to like five panels per page. Yeah. And then as, so each book leading up to death, they cut down the number of panels so that by the time you get to Superman 75, it was one panel per page. Uh, and I will say this about that's Superman 75. Yeah, that's an interesting design. It was an interesting um, marketing concept. Yeah. But I will say this. When I bought my Superman 75, the black bag edition, I ripped it open right away. Black bag, because I was at the viewpoint that, well, this is nice, but 
the acid in that plastic is going to rip away the comic. Yeah, and, anyway. And, and 40 years from now, you're going to open it up, and you're going to have a bag of confetti. Yeah. So I opened it up quite friendly because I wanted the cool toys. They had the little <laughs> like black armband band, with yeah. the bleeding ass on it. They had a couple of posters in there. I think they had some stickers on it. But here's what's amazing, and for you listeners out there who may not know this, at the time this book came out, comic shops around the country were reporting just astronomical dollar amounts being offered to them for Superman 75. And customers not believing in one said, well, I don't have any. I'm sold out. And I'm like, are you sure? i got $300 right here if you'll give me one. Like, I, I'm sold out. It got so bad that one guy even reported, says, just so you all know, the mania for this has gotten so big. I had a female customer offer me sexual favors for a Superman 75. Even after I told her at least two times, I didn't have any. Wow. Good to be a comic book shop owner. Right. <laughs> of course, he never answered the question, well, did you give her the sexual favors? And then but yeah, said, <laughs> cough it right. up. Right. The important question was not answered there. Yeah. Right. We, we were left in the dark. But now here's what's funny. You talk about that book. And remember, back in the, the 90, 92, 93, yeah. when they were killing Superman, yeah. you remember what that thing was fetching in stores? Like the a week after it came out, yeah, like it was 100, hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred dollars. Ridiculous. This year, twenty eighteen, at AwesomeCon in Washington D.C., I bought a black bag Superman seventy five for twenty bucks. See, that makes me want to open this <laughs> thing right now to see what the poster is. And the only reason I bought it for twenty bucks, the black bag, was I figured, well, you know, it'd be nice to have one that was still closed to go with my one that's open. So, and it's twenty bucks. Okay, I'll throw twenty bucks at it. So that's what I did. So, see, I. I looked at the back of this thing. It tells you everything that's inside of it. Right. And I've wondered for years what exactly it all, all that is. I mean, I've looked on the internet and seen it eventually. But I mean, but back then, we didn't have the internet. So I was like, what? what's the what's the poster look like? Right. I want the stamps? The, the post- obituary? The poster, if I remember correctly, is just the tombstone saying, here lies Earth's greatest hero. Lame sauce. Yes. Or it might it might be Lois holding his dead body. Which everything you, you can say about that book that was bad. I do love the the last panel of Lois holding his dead body. That is one of those images that's going to be yeah, forever. That green. was the second to last panel. Right. Yeah. The way the way that the story ended, or before you know, funeral for a friend started, was really good. I, I thought it was written pretty well. I like the the death of Superman story overall. Funeral but, for a friend. But that oh actually. My God. Yeah. I so, forgot about that. I blocked that out of my memory. So of books that you guys need to calm the hell down on, Superman seventy five qualifies as what we call the gold. Gold Rush books. Don't buy oh, it because yeah. it's hot and you think I'm going to send my kid through college or retire in the Bahamas with it. So along that same venue, guess what else ironically is right up there with the Gold Rush books? Come on, you know this one. We've all read it. Batman Dam. There you go. That's one of them. And another one that is right up there with the Gold Rush books that I'm sorry you guys needed really just calm down. Thanos number 13. I know it's the first appearance of the Cosmic Ghost Rider, but I got to tell you, that's a stupid character. Ghost Rider? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, Ghost Rider itself is cool. Cosmic Ghost Rider, that's a dumb character. And you know who it is? You know who that is, right? No. That's Frank Castle. Really? Yeah. It's, so it's, it's Future Punisher somehow becomes the spirit of vengeance. I really want to know what was smoked the day that was created. By the way, listeners, just so you know, I know that your opinions are going to vary greatly from ours of these overhyped books, and that's quite all right. But if you want to tell us that we're wrong, you know how to do it. And how they do it, Thomas? Through either our we- our Facebook page, Lost in the Long Box, or email us at lostinthelongbox at gmail.com. Absolutely. And another thing you guys need to calm down on are graded versus non-graded. Case in point, that Thanos 13, 
I've seen an ungraded one go for like about $40, while a graded one, say nine four, nine six, what have you, is hitting up to close to $200. I'm like, you people are nuts. I hate those graded In another comments, couple yeah. years, you're all going to forget who that character is, and you're going to be sitting on the book that you paid $200 for that you can't sell for 15 I hate those graded books, man. Some of them are nice, and, and that's a whole other subject matter. Okay. Thomas, what else do you have books that they need to calm the hell down on? All right, let's move on to the, the next one that I know you really want me to, to bring up. And this is probably going to cause the controversy. New Mutants 98, the (laughs) first appearance of Deadpool. (laughs) People, this book is not rare, and you are paying way too much money for it. If you go to the CGC website, you will find out the following. As Randy was talking about graded books, there is one book in 10 condition, 13 books in 9.9 condition. Wow. 3,103 books in 9.8 condition. Wow. 4,032 books in 9.6 condition, 2,718 books in 9.4 condition. And this is as recently as of a couple of days ago, so there may even be more now. And this is only CGC's numbers. This is not counting CBCS. So there are a lot of high-grade New Mutants 98s what's, out there. What's it going for? Um, around $300 to $400. Are you serious? Yes. yes. And this is not counting ones that aren't graded. And it, here's... And and as Randall will tell you, when you go to a con, these every books are everywhere. Has them. I'm sure. Every dealer has a high-grade copy of I'm New sure. Mutants 98. Everyone. You can find this very easily if you I, want it. It's, I think I have like high-grade copies of New Mutant comic books even earlier than that. Yeah, it, this, it's not a difficult book to find. I mean, I understand it's the first appearance of Deadpool, and you know, for some reason, he's a beloved character. I don't know why, <laughs> but he is. And, you know... Some Deadpool haters are emailing us right now. Right, exactly. Which, which can, is great. I can I, hear I, the keyboards just tacking away. Yeah. Those bastards don't know what they're talking e- about. Email, email away. We will read the best ones on the show. I, if we get them. Absolutely. He, but he, this is not a rare book. It's not hard to find. It's not hard to find in high grades. You guys are paying way too much money for it. Now, the flip side of this, and listeners, you're going to love this. I want you to tell the story about you talking your friend out of buying New Mutants 98. Yeah, I, I knew this was coming <laughs> oh, up. Oh, let's hear it. And uh, Leo, if you're listening, I, I do want to apologize again. I mean, you've uh, thrown this up in my face for probably the past eight years, and we'll probably continue to throw it up in my face till the day I die, and I deserve it. But hey. Sounds awesome. Yes. We were at Pittsburgh Comic Con. It was me and a group of my friends. Uh, one of them being Leo, as I just mentioned. He's a huge Deadpool fan. He wanted New Mutants 98 so bad and had the opportunity to buy it for a mere $75. And I talked him out of it. I told him, Leo, don't do that. That book's never going to be worth that much money. It's got to come back down in value. It's never going to be worth that much this, money again. This is right. <laughs> this, this is not a good book. It's coming back down in value. In, in, a, in a year, it's going to be worth 20 bucks. So I was wrong. Very wrong. Well, I shouldn't have been. Let's but I was. You said not worth this, and you're right. It's not worth this. What you should have said, it's not going to be selling for that. <laughs> right. It's yeah. So I was wrong. If he wants it now, he's going to pay a lot more for it. But I stand by what I said. So he blames you that he that could every time he sees him, every chance he gets, he gives me a hard time about so it. So he yeah. doesn't have free will. He does, but you know, he he just likes to give me a hard time about it because that's what men do to each other. Yeah, I know. I so, know. but yeah, it, it's um, sorry, Leo. Yeah, he. Uh, I I do feel a little bad about it because he'll never get that for 
that low a price ever again. He should be able to, and let's but hope, he can't. Let's hope Lee was listening because he can actually jump up and go, it has been publicly acknowledged on air by <laughs> Thomas that he screwed me out of New like Somebody clipped that. He's, he's downloading right. it right now. He's, That's right. He, it's going to become his new ringtone. So now ring I get tone. to listen to it every time <laughs> I call It's going to be his ringtone. <laughs> Ringback tone. Man, <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? Uh, I got X-Force number one. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, I, I love this Is it the bagged one? Yeah, I have the, bag, I have the bagged one here. It was only bagged, right? There wasn't any non-bagged yeah. versions of that, I have the right? bagged one here, and the only reason I bought it is because all of those kids who were all excited about those new mutants, the new new mutants, if you will, uh, back when, like, Feral came out and Cable got introduced and Bishop and stuff like that. And, uh, or, no, I'm sorry, Bishop was X-Men? or Yeah, X-Men. yeah Bishop was X-Men. All right, my bad. And uh, so it was like all these new mutants at the time, new mutants comic books were up in value because it was hyped. You know, it was New Mutants were hot at the time. And so that's why this X-Force title got created. And I don't know about you, but I really hate Rob Leffield's art. I was going to say, I can tell. It's so annoying. I can tell it's a Liefeld cover because I see no feet. Yeah, where are the feet, Rob? (laughs) Where are the feet? (laughs) How do these people walk, Rob? How? They walk under. They don't all fly. I know they don't. Anyway, I just, because, you know. The hype in the 90s was all about stuff like this. It was about stuff like a, like a, it comes with a trading card. It's special bag, number one edition. First collector's item issue, you know. I, I mean, and, and I think that was kind of like, kind of the beginning, I think, of the 90s gold rush. I and mean, people started thinking that, you know, I'll get multiple copies of this. I was going to say, this one. was definitely a gold rush book. And, yeah. and, and you know what's funny? I, the reason I reached out and had you hand that to me, I have not seen that since the day it came on the market. Really? I bought one when it came out. Mine's been long gone. I have not seen it since. It's tucked yeah, away in some long box. Somewhere. Mine's long gone, too. I, I don't know what happened with, with it, but it's but long Because you didn't care about it, right? Right, right exactly. <laughs> That's the point. Chill in, the hell out. In, in fact, I think I bought one copy of it, ripped it open so I could read it, and... And was, wasn't impressed. See, and I don't th- want to open this up because I don't that, even care about the trading card. And that's the book that replaced New Mutants, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that, that came out the month, if I'm not mistaken, the month after New Mutants 100, which was the last one in the New Mutants run. Plus, I, th- I think they screwed up in, the, in, in comparison to the Superman 75 because it was clear. And so you could turn it over and you could see what card was in the bag. Oh, Right. And you're just oh, like, oh, I don't right, want that. Because there was yeah. like one, there was like five different cards, and one exactly. of them was the hard one, right? Right. Yes. One of them was Deadpool, and that's the that's, that's yeah. the one everybody wanted. Yeah, that's the one everyone wanted. And I think if you know anybody that actually wants that book, that's still the one they want. I, I'm I'm gonna check. You can go on to the next one, but I'm, I want to check. All right. So the one that I have that you all just need to calm down, and oh, I know this is gonna piss off so many people, but Batman Adventures number twelve. I know that it's the first comic book appearance of Harley Quinn, but here's the thing, guys. It's the first comic book appearance of an animated character from a cartoon. It's not even in the continuity of the DC Universe. In fact, I don't think any of those stories were ever considered canon. They didn't take any of the storylines and follow up on them later. And, And this is not as bad as New Mutants 98 on the graded copies, but there's 693 of those things in a 9.8. And there's a thousand of them as a 9.6 graded. And here's the thing. Just like New Mutants 98, well, look at that. I do have the Deadpool (laughs) card. So Madman just showed me his X-Force number one is actually the Deadpool card. I haven't looked at it since I got it. But anyway, just like that New Mutants 98 that Thomas was mentioning, you go to a comic convention, 
And every dealer is going to have at least two or three of them on his wall behind him. You know, the good stuff on the wall that you have to ask for? Guarantee <laughs> you every comic dealer is going to have at least two of them. And when he sells those two, he's going to pull a third and fourth one from underneath the counter to go back on the wall. I've seen it happen. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've i never been a big fan of that book either. I mean, I, you know, part of that is because I've never been a huge fan of Harley Quinn. That's another one. Yeah, I don't like I, her. I don't, like I don't really Quinn. understand the hype around I, her. But. And I will tell you... If you are a Harley Quinn then if you are a Harley Quinn fan and you want the Harley Quinn first appearance, don't go for Batman Adventures number twelve. Go for the Batman Harley Quinn by Alex Ross and Paul Dini that came out in the late nineties. That's the one you want. It's the black cover, it's the one with Joker holding her. It looks like the Jack Nicholson Joker from the Tim Burton Batman. That's the one you want. If you are actually a Harley Quinn fan, you get that book and you skip Batman Adventures 12. Maybe down the road you can get it if you're a completist and you have to absolutely have it. But if you want a book that's actually probably going to go up in value just as much as Batman Adventures 12, get Harley Quinn to one shot. Thomas, what's your next book that they just need to calm down on? Well, continuing the uh, tradition of New Mutants, I'm going to go with New Mutants 87, the first appearance of Cable. And... Where it's nowhere near on par with 98 as far as the graded copies and everything, we do have five copies that are 9.9, 1,610 copies that are 9.8, 2,001 that are 9.6, 1,392 that are 9.4 by CGC. So, in other words, there's a lot of high-grade copies out there as well. I probably got one in my long box back home. Yeah, I I never had one when, during the initial run, but you see them pretty often. It's another one of those books Didn't that they we have were like talking reprints about. Reprints with different there, colors. There was a, a a second print that was gold oh printed God, as well. Did they? That's what. Yeah, they that's did. What, yes, that's the one I got. I got the gold print cover. But this is this is another one when you're at a con. Pretty much every dealer has you know, especially right now with him first appearing in the uh, in the movie and everything, has a New Mutants '87 that you can buy pretty yeah. easily it's it's one of those again that's not a very difficult one to to find and it's you know a 200 plus dollar book all day every day and it's just i don't and see i was going to say correct me if i'm wrong did they really do anything with cable after new mutants and x-force after those died in popularity i mean he was a, he he's had some some big ones he's had he's had a couple uh, I a think series they used them, like cameos he, he he's had a two or three series of his own he had cable and deadpool um he right right he, oh the he, two popular characters that aren't were, okay he was a big time <laughs> player when um in x-men not too long uh, back when hope summers first appeared okay when uh the first as being the first mutant born since m day he came, you know, he was her protector for a while, so he played a big role in okay, that. Okay, I do remember that. So, actually, so, yes. so he actually has some had some major storylines. He has been used. I mean, it's it's not like he was, you know, put out there and then forgotten about or anything like that. He has been used. He's been a pretty uh, pretty well used character, but still, you know, it just seems like th- there's plenty of his first appearances out there that it probably doesn't warrant to be in worth as much as what it is. Okay, that's that's about the time that I gave up on the whole mutants and X Men at Marvel. Oh yeah, because after X Force came out. I seem to remember you got three or four different X books and and none of them are any good anymore. Yeah, it's it's like once they branched out past the original Uncanny X Men book, the, oh, yeah. the 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 yeah. writing suffered on all of them. Exactly. New Mutants was great for the first couple of years. I liked that premise. Yeah, until yeah, until it got all Cable and Farrell. Right. And, you know. I stuck with the uh, with Uncanny X Men and in the and those books until they rebooted Uncanny X Men back to number one, and I was like, well, that's a good time for me to hop off. So I did. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, I was like, yeah, okay, well, we're going back to number one. I don't have my high numbers anymore, so this oh. is a good time to jump off. So, uh, 
So I see I what Mad Men's next book is. You go ahead and ask your question. Let me look at this. I have a question about uh, your Uncanny X-Men. You said you got that in the mail and you had been subscribed. How, how many years have you, had you been subscribed to the Uncanny X-Men? I actually only subscribed for one year. Oh yeah, yeah, but it, it was right around that right around that time I subscribed for one year and then I didn't renew it because I didn't. What was happening is for whatever reason, I the local comic store was getting their copy sooner than I was. Oh right, right. And I was getting the ones I was getting in the mail were banged up, so I was like, well, what's the point in getting a banged up copy in the mail after everybody else? So yeah, we're not going to do I this think, anymore. Yeah, that's when the industry started changing from the newsstand sales to direct sales, right? Yeah. So it just it did make sense to keep keep doing it. So Mad Men, I see what your book is, and I'm going to tell you my plan to get rich off of this book. So tell the listeners what you got there. I think they already told us a little bit of your plan. Oh, so. yeah. The, they haven't heard though. Okay. The people so, out uh, there in internet. Land. Oh right, right. That was off air. All right. Uh, this is X Men number one. It's a mutant milestone. And you remember this thing had like four different covers. Five. Five different covers. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you, if you did place them together they created this one like diorama that was it was kind of cool to see them lined up together but this is the only one i got and this is the x uh cyclops and wolverine cover and i was just like this is when i stopped i started getting mad at comic books i mean what was this 91 when this when this came out yeah had to because it was it predated the whole superman 75 one that you know the cover price was like a dollar 50 you know they're already like gouging us like 50 percent more than usual you know, around that time is about a dollar, right? Mm-hmm. And so, or maybe a dollar twenty. Dollar twenty five. I think yeah. it was dollar twenty five. And so, I mean, I, they're already gouging us. And so, I just, I bought one because the reason why people buy comic books is because it means something to them. All right, that's the issue. So, if you're paying too much for a Moon Knight comic book, that's based on you. You don't love Moon Knight like somebody else does. No, I don't. Yeah, but but I have this comic book because it reminds me of the time. It was like, wow. All these X titles, and none of them are worth reading. <laughs> and so I bought this to remind myself. It's like all these people are coming in here. They, they, uh, Even in comic book stores, you would see a whole bunch of new faces in a comic book store. Back before like this 90s rush, the gold rush of comic books, you know, you'd be the same regulars over and over again, the people that you talk to about comic books. And then all of a sudden, somebody, somebody in the stock market said, oh, it's better to invest in comic books these days than – then invest in the stock market. And then all of a sudden, people, start, a bunch of strangers come running into our comic book shop saying, you got an X-Men number one? I want all of them. And I'm just like, you guys, I mean, if you haven't been in the business, you haven't been a comic book collector for a while by that point, you tended to get pissed off because it's like, you understand that they're printing far more of these <laughs> comic books than they've ever done before just because they slapped a number one on it. And that was, that was back in the, the big speculator boom of the 90s, too. Mm-hmm. Which also, ironically, almost killed the comic market. And some would argue Absolutely. that it still hasn't fully recovered. And listeners, in case you don't know, this X-Men number one, if they printed five copies up, there was a million copies each of them. Yeah. It's the number one selling book of all time. Yes. Yeah. But but here's the thing. Here, where's your supervillain plan? I want to hear it. So my plan for this book is, and everybody comments about, you can't get dirt for these books anymore. Right. People are now like, I'll pay you to take it. Yeah, you run out of toilet paper, you grab X-Men number one. So I'm going to buy... All the X-Men number one I can. You're not buying this one. I'm going to snag them up cheap, and then I'm going to keep one of each cover, and I'm going to grade it until I get to 9, 8, 9, 9, or to 10. I'm going to make sure they're perfect. Yeah, find the right one. And then I'm going to take all the rest of those piles of X-Men number one. 
and I'm going to publicly burn them in a huge bonfire. And now suddenly that book is worthless. It's going to be worth a ton of money. Now I am going to have to buy a lot of these things. Yeah. To, to make a, a to make this worthwhile, but, you figure out a five million. I got to take it down to about maybe three hundred thousand copies. So I got some. I got my work cut out. Five million, <laughs> five million copies of X Men number one will probably run you about hundred bucks. Buck fifty. Yeah, yeah. I, I figured it'll good. You know, I can have it done in a weekend. Randall and I went to what was called a con here years back at, at one of the local hotels, oh, yeah. and as we came in, they had a door prize that you signed up for for free, mind you, for free. You had to put it just. Fill out your name, address, and a ticket, and the prize was an X Men number one. What? It yes. was free, and I didn't bother filling it out. <laughs> <laughs> I already got one or right. five. I actually have five. I have yeah. one of each cover. Yes, I got sucked into it, but yeah, it, it was free, and I was like, no thanks. Well, I'm well good. I fully admit, back in the day, I bought one of each cover because we all drank the Kool Aid and believing that one of these covers is going to be the rare one. One of them is going to be valuable. And then right. six months later, we found out that they had printed a million the, the of run, each yeah. cover. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, I have to say, it's a pretty sweet-looking cover. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it looks you know, great, but yeah. then you open it up and start using well, reading words. Well, here's the other problem. Everybody said, well, if you link them all together, it makes one big poster. Yeah, wait two months, and it'll put the freaking poster out anyway, yeah. which is what they did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jim Lee's a great artist, you know, and that's a great— Yeah, no denying. Th- no, yeah. no denying that the cover right. did look great. I mean, no no doubt. Jim Lee, how how awesome is it that the man who was, you know, spearheading Marvel went to Image and is now like the co-publisher at DC Comics? Because that just kind of blows the mind. I know. He's done pretty well for himself. Yeah, I must those say. like artists, artists and writers, they're like baseball players. Right. You know, they get traded to organization to organization. And I think that that's good for the comic book industry. So, Oh, yes. I, and I will say both Jan, Jan, damn it, Jim Lee and Dan DeDito are doing marvelous things over at DC. See what I did there? <laughs> well, I, I particularly love Jim Lee's run. A little subtle shot. Yes. Uh, Jim Lee's run on Batman. I mean, that yes. was just, oh. Yep. Oh, yeah, with Hush, and that was yeah. a, a great run. All right, so I've got um, a twofer on my books you all need to calm down, calm down on, and it is, and oh, I'm going to piss some people off with this one. Amazing Spider-Man 300, followed by Amazing Spider-Man 361. First appearance of Venom and Carnage, respectively, in that order. And I tell you what, guys, and I will freely admit, I am guilty of owning both of these books. I do have a Spider-Man 300, because I bought into the hype, and I bought one. And I'm actually seriously considering flipping it and putting it back on the market and selling it. Understandable. My Spider-Man, told me. Yeah. My Spider-Man 361, I actually will tell you the story of how I got that. I didn't pay for it. I traded it for somebody who wanted, and I kid you not, I had an Afterlife for Archie number one, the variant cover of Betty and Veronica um, in the laundry on the couch, like a 9.8. He traded me Spider-Man 361 for that book. And I'm like, you understand you're trading me a much more valuable book than what I'm giving you. He's like, yes, I, I understand, but I have like three of them already. I'm like, have at it, brother. Here you go. But he just needed that Betty and Veronica in he, lingerie? He had a nephew, I think, who was a big Archie fan. And How he old was, is the nephew? 14? Didn't ask. <laughs> not, you know, not my circus, not my monkeys. I wasn't getting involved. Hey, I was 14 once, and I, I read Archie comic books. I but here's the thing. Betty and Veronica a lot. Venom, I will freely admit that Venom's a cool character. He was a lot cooler before Marvel overused him like they did with Wolverine and every other character they had. Same with Carnage. It was great. They could have just maintained a little discipline and not gone overboard with him. But here's the thing. Those books are fetching anywhere from 
300 to 400, depending on the what nine grade they are up. But here's the census, just like Tommy did with CGC, and this is CGC. This is not counting CBCS. Yeah. yeah. So if you're looking at Spider-Man 300, 9.8, there are 1,085 copies of that book. Cheapers. 9.6, there are 3,000. 9.4, 3,386, 9.2, 2,471, 9.0, there's 2,055. That is Spider-Man 300. And then 361, oh, it gets even crazier. 9.8 of 361, there are 2,764 copies of that book in 9.8. 9.6, 3,700. You go to any convention across America, and every dealer is going to have at least two or three of those on oh, their yeah. wall, graded and ungraded. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah, it seems like you know you might want to get the nine point four. It seems like it might be harder to get. I'm, you know. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I can tell you this: when I was at Awesome Con and I was looking at a Spider-Man three hundred, he had three hundred twenty-five on it, and I was looking at it, and then told me he was willing to negotiate on it. And, I, and you know why? Because every freaking dealer in the room had at least three of them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. I, I mean, I, I bought into the hype too, and I, I have a copy as well. And you know, and you, I belong to a couple of groups on Facebook where people always posters and like, I'm in a club now, and I'm thinking, oh great, you and fifteen hundred other people that all have yeah. this graded book because there's that, and all these ones that are sitting here graded guys. I don't want you to, to not misunderstand. The reason there's that so many of them graded because they're all sitting in dealer's backstock waiting for you to come walk into a con and say, I got to have that book. Yeah. Thomas, what do you got? So I might have a more recent one. This is actually a variant cover. It's The Amazing Spider-Man number 1, Volume 6, the Eric Larson remastered black and white. It's a 1 for 2,000 variant. It is currently selling for about $1,500. I understand that books like this, and and not just not just this book, but other ones that are variants of this high number and everything like that. I understand that you know it's a rare book that it's hard to come by and it has a pretty sweet looking cover, but it's kind of rare just for the sake of being rare. You know, it at this point, I don't think that there's a very major first appearance or the start of a big time storyline or anything like that. It's just rare for the sake of being rare, and it just seems to me that if you have fifteen hundred bucks to spend on one or more comic books. You probably might want to spend it on something different than this. You know what I mean? You know, you could get yourself a good copy of Luke Cage, Hero for Hire, number one, or or something else. It just seems like it might be money better spent elsewhere. I've, you know, I got to be honest with you. I don't think I've even seen that book. Yeah, I'm looking for it. I can't find it. Well, that's because it's rare. It's one for every two thousand <laughs> copies printed. <laughs> So there's only two thousand of them printed. Well, it's one for it was like a it was a, a variant cover the one for every two thousand. If you give me a few moments, I can get it called up here for you. But I mean, it's just I found it on ComicsPriceGuide.com. I was okay. just looking through some stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, and and it, this isn't the only book like that of, of some of the more recent ones. You know, it's some of the more recent ones have come out with with very high you know, variant levels like this that are that are fetching huge prices. And it's just, you know, this is volume six of, of Amazing Spider-Man. It just doesn't seem like it. Wait, is this the, the, the brand new one by that the Ryan? The brand new one that's that only a few Ryan months Spencer's old. Ryan Spencer's or Nick Spencer's writing? Right, the one that's only wow. a few months okay. old. okay. Yeah, that is crazy. And, you know, it just seems like, you know, it's just rare for the sake of being rare. And, you know, maybe 
you might want to spend your fifteen hundred dollars somewhere else. The story's not even that great. So is a sad thing. I mean, Dan Slott is going to be hard act to follow because even though he is to had to be part of the the crew that broke up the whole marriage, he did write a good book there for a while. So that's interesting. Madman, what do you got over there? there Besides right your there. laptop. Oh, I got a looking up I that Spider Man book. Yeah, showing off the, showing off that book. Okay, that's cool. I got yeah, I got Spider Man number one. Oh, the McFarlane back version. Yeah, the McFarlane back. Uh, well, it's, this is actually newsstand edition. Uh, the reg, what they call the green cover. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's the regular one. Well, there was the green cover. There was the like, red yeah, cover. There was, there was the gold, gold yeah. cover, and that was right up there with X Men one. Way too damn many of them. Exactly. And although like Todd McFarlane's art is amazing, don't get me wrong. Um, it just, uh, the story, story, so bad. Oh, yeah. It's so bad. And I, I understand that Todd McFarlane, he, he wanted to, uh, branch out and, like, get a hold of this title for himself. Because he was good at drawing Spider-Man. Let's, let's be honest. Right. And, um, but then again, it's like this little, this little box here under the. Spider-Man thing just told me everything I needed to know about the words inside this comic book. <laughs> and this little box, this I love about this cover, is this little box just tells you everything about o- opening up and reading this comic book. It says, The Legend of the Arachnite. Oh. <laughs> and, and I just have I remember it that. It takes me back to like those 1940s or 50s comic books where it's like, The Legends of the Arachnite. Oh, right. You expect it to be like a movie serial. Yeah. Till then, next time when Todd McFarlane draws more interesting Spider-Man. I will give him his props. Isn't he the artist who like brought back the underarm webs that had been gone for a long time? Yeah, yeah. So he did. I did, I I did like that. But I think it was pretty obvious to everybody collecting comics at the time that was a train wreck waiting to happen because yeah, the man was not that good of a writer. It was a train wreck. It was a cash grab. It was yeah. I will say that I did like his cover for this Spider-Man number one, but as in general, where I do like McFarlane's art, I never cared for his Spider-Man. I think he was better at drawing him static instead of in motion. In motion, right. yeah. I like. I liked. I loved his Hulk. His Hulk yeah. was great. True. And you know, I did like Spawn. I just, I never particularly Ugh. cared for his Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah, Spawn was good for like maybe the first six or seven issues, and then it's like okay. Yeah. Well, and I'd yeah. like to also like to give the disclaimer that I was like seventeen. So I mean, <laughs> okay, you know. I'll, I'll give you that. All right, so listeners, here we go. The book that you guys need to calm down on that is highly overrated. And this is going to just break Thomas into itty-bitty pieces. Transformers number one, the original one by Marvel Comics in what, 84? You, sir, have lost your damn mind. No, sir. No, you What's have lost worth? your mind. It's going for about three to 400 depending on where you find it. I got I to gotta uh, check my long box. So let me tell you what. Here's why this book is overrated. And I know Thomas is like, no, you're crazy. That book is awesome. It's, it's really good. And even the last issues, the last issues of that book, like 86, 87, 80, and even those are like going for 300 a pop. But, wow, Thomas, you tell me why that book is so great, and I'll tell you why it's shite. Because <laughs> it is the Transformers number one. It is the first comic book appearance of the Transformers. And there are plenty of people in my age group that grew up loving the Transformers and still do love the Transformers. And as long as we're around and collecting comic books, this comic book is going to be hot, and we are going to want it because it is the Transformers. Do you have a copy? Unfortunately, I no longer have a copy. I so, did. I did. I did have one what, when what, I was a teenager. Wait, what was the key word there? Unfortunately, no, no. <laughs> did, 
did and no longer. Why do you no longer have it? Because I was stupid and got rid of it when I was a teenager. And (laughs) and, And why did you get rid of it? Because it wasn't that good a book. Well, because it wasn't valuable at the time. I would have oh, kept it if it had been valuable now, at the now time. Now he's changing his tune. Right. Here's the thing. It wasn't well, a good I book. I want it now. The only people who think that book is hot and is worth the three to 400 they're paying for are people who grew up watching the cartoons and are all nostalgic when they saw the movies that came out by Michael Bay several years ago and remember reading the comics back in the 80s. You guys are the only ones wanting that book. And there's plenty of us out there, and that's why and it's I worth money. And I guarantee you, 90% of you have it already. Well, no, because I don't have it. But you had one and gave it up. Yes, but that was, again, like 16, <laughs> no, no, 17. No. I was a stupid kid. I was a stupid kid. What'd you get for it? <laughs> Probably tra- like two or three bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere there's the a trans- guy. The Transformers were gone at that time. Nobody cared about yeah, them. You it know. was out of style. Yeah. Right, it was out of style. Now it's back in because, you know, Michael we Bay. want them in my age group. And, and here's what's going to happen. When all the Transformers movies have stopped being made and everyone's forgotten about them, the book's going to drop like a hot rock. And then you can pick one up then. No, it won't because people in my age group are still <laughs> going to be nostalgic for that book and they're still going to want it. You know, when he said that, I almost heard Watto from Force Awakens. No, it won't. <laughs> it won't. This is a key book from the time period and it will always be that. You are wrong. All right. Well, you know what, listeners? That's... Here's a great thing about this subject. We're going to revisit this once a year, maybe even six months. And I'll guarantee you Transformers 1 will still be on there on books you guys need to calm the hell down on. And you will still be wrong. <laughs> You got anything else on your list over there? Um, I don't have any really specific ones because we already talked about Batman Damned. I mean, the one thing that, that gets me with, with what people need to calm down on is the 9.8s versus the 9.6s. Right. And how, you know, you can look at a 9.8 and see that it could be hundreds, sometimes even thousands of dollars of difference depending on it. And I right. just, I don't understand that. I mean, if you, if especially it's a, if it's locked in a box and you're never going to open it again. Right. I mean, you're, you're not going to see a difference in, in quality between the two locked in a box. I mean, it's just, it's not going to happen. And let's be honest, a 9.6 is pretty much a flawless book. Right. I mean, a 9.8 may be just a, just a little bit more flawless, but not hundreds of dollars but difference. I mean, yeah, the the difference matters on books that are actually rare. The point is, is that so Boom. many. Yeah. You got it right there. So, I mean, you have all of these copies. You're talking about thousands of people with 9.6 rated copies, locking them in boxes, thinking they're going to go to, you know, pay for their kids' college with it. And I'm just like, you know, grow up. I mean, if we if you've been into the comics industry at all, you know, prior to the boom and prior to, like, people going crazy over dumbass books, you know, you know that the stuff is, is, is going to get a... It's going to come and go. It's going to pass in the night. And Mad Men nailed it right on the head. A 9.6 and a 9.8, if it's something like, say, Fantastic Four number 48, where yeah. you know there's not many 9.8s out there, yeah. then hell yeah, I'm going to pay the extra three to 400 to go from a 9.6 to a 9.8 because I know the census is low on them. Exactly. But when it's something like Amazing Spider-Man 300, where there's Ten, there's a thousand nine eights and three thousand nine sixes, and it's not that big of a difference. Yeah, I'm not. I might yeah. even go buy the nine four if I'm really so pressed to have a Spider-Man three hundred. So, I can, I agree with that totally. If it's Amazing Fantasy fifteen or anything from the Silver and Bronze, and you know that the census is already low on them, then yeah, absolutely. That, but that, that's nothing a, in the last ten years. No, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Is because you know. Uh, because there was such a high print run during the 90s, it's like every single title, they're cranking out so many during the 90s. 
And uh, like you said, it almost destroyed the industry because they were doing this. And people were uh, snatching them up like crazy, thinking they're going to be as valuable as those Silver Age comic books or those Golden Age comic books, who are which are valuable only because like so many got destroyed in paper drives during right. the Second World War. Uh, the seduction of the innocent caused a lot of moms to burn their uh, their kids' evil comic books that are you know making them turning them into ju- juvenile delinquents and stuff like that. And that's the whole reason why those comic books are valuable is because there's so few that existed. And if you have a Captain America number one at like say 7.4 and you see somebody that's got one at 8.1 that's a big difference right. in price that's a because huge of the huge difference yeah. right yeah because those, of it, the rarity and and you can and you can also tell when when it's that big of a difference you can tell even in the slab what that it's a different book you, you don't can, even have you to tell get the that. census yeah. you know you know between a 9.6 and a 9.8 you really can't when it's in the slab there's no way you're going to tell right. the difference yeah. now that said what you were talking about with like something like an amazing fantasy 15 if you have enough money to afford an amazing fantasy 15 and you're going down to a 9.6 <laughs> you're just you, cheap right. i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly just stop right. being cheap buy right. the 9.8 yeah. well yeah I could go for the nine eight, but the nine six is cheaper. Really, it's, right? If, if you're spending that much <laughs> anyway, just go for it. Don't, don't be cheap. Don't be cheap. So but, I go yeah, for who's gold. saving up to buy that? Right. right. I do have one more book out there that everyone needs to calm down on, and it's because I'm going to flip side this next week, and that's Avengers one forty four, which is the first appearance of okay, Hellcat. Yeah. The only reason you guys want that is because she's now popular on. Jessica Jones, and she's going to be popping up soon on the show. I will flip side this next week because while we talked this week about books you all need to calm the hell down on, next week we're going to go ahead and sweeten the pot. We're going to tell you the key books and the hot books that you're missing, the things that are out there that you are not getting or you're totally overlooking. So we're not going to just take away your toys. We're going to give you some toys back as as well. Um, Madam, do you have anything else there? I don't, I don't know what else you have in your pile. Uh, the only thing I have is, like, is, I guess is a point, is that, uh, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't fall for the hype. Right. You know, um, the best time to buy the first appearance of Harley Quinn is, like, a year before anybody knew that they were going to make a Suicide Squad movie. Right. You know? And uh, the same thing with the first appearance of Deadpool or the first appearance of Cable. It's, like, the best time to buy that is not... When the movie comes out. Right. All right. Because even if you think, even if you don't think that the value has truly increased just because that they made a movie about it, comic book stores, comic book dealers, and comic book uh, owners who have that comic book will ask for more because of the hype. Exactly. You know, I guess it's, it's basic business. Right. You right. know, a simple econ- American ep- economics. So, I mean, that's the point. So if you're if you're the kind of person who just walked out of the Suicide Squad Suicide Squad movie, and you're like, I want to get the first appearance of Harley Quinn, you're an idiot. Right. Uh, however, I will say, if you do have a Miss Marvel number one, now is the time to sell. Sell exactly. <laughs> sell, That's sell, the sell. point. Right. Just you know, make sure you're doing your research on it. Make sure you know what's out there and everything like that. Don't go, you know. For a dead, you know, a first appearance of Deadpool that has thousands upon thousands of high grade comics out there, and pay more for it than what you probably should be, you know. Yeah. So that's it for this week, guys. And like I said, tune in next week. We are going to give you some goodies as well. I'll tell you what books you need to be pick up that you're overlooking. So until next time, we're going to be down here just trying to figure out if he's a Silver Surfer, why is he never riding any waves? Why? Because we're lost in the long box. Yes, we are. Thank Have you a good for night, listening, everyone. everyone. Bye. We love you. Bye.